RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. How is everybody doing? It was really nice to see you all start com- going into the chat room. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I see everybody's hanging out. It's like hanging out in the green room. So thank you guys for coming and hanging out every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. My name is Tara Devlin. We, uh, oh, thank you, Jim. Damn it. Jim comes in right off the bat with a super chat. That 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 keeps us going, Jim. You're amazing. I appreciate that. It's sort of like, I guess you know, you go out to a party, you go, you pay a cover charge or at the local bar. Unfortunately, we we're not all in the same room, but it's sort of like, thank you, thank you for always paying your your fair share, <laughs> more than I can say for. Jamie Dimon. Thank you. Um, What was I going to say? All right, yeah. Um, Speaking of, become a patron. If you want to see the liberal media actually have some effect on this effing kiss-up, kick-down, neoliberal, autocratic state, then, yeah, become a patron. Support the independent liberal media. This is it. If you think the liberal media is MSNBC, you're you're uh, fooling yourself, and we're all in trouble. Uh oh, here he comes. What did I? What the? Here comes Tara Junior Junior. Why he comes over here every time I start the show? He must know. Come on, come on, say hello, sit down. Hello, everybody. Hello. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm not calling him over. You just, I'm sitting here all of a sudden. Maybe it's because I'm talking. All right. Hang out, Tara Jr. Jr. Maybe he feels, he senses my angst. He knows that we need our emotional support animal. Francis Jr. Jr. is over here in the corner next to me, but he's sleeping. I'll leave him be for a minute. And maybe if he, what, during the break or whatever, I'll get him up. And we, we could, you can see him. You haven't seen him in a while. He's been making himself less known. He, he's found a spot in the kitchen that he likes. That's why he likes to sit on top of the refrigerator. And he's, uh, he's his own man. What can you say, right? He's his own. He knows. Uh, it's like he's a teenager and he's spreading out. He wants to feel his own. He wants to grow up. He wants to do it himself. He doesn't want mama anymore. He does. I'm only kidding. He loves me. What can you do? Like I always say, if uh, if I only can find a human being that loves me as much as these animals. All right. Yeah, let's see. What else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the patrons. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. This is how we're going to grow. Ultimately, the goal is to have a daily show and to make the Saturday shows the specials. So... Um, it's kind of frustrating, to tell you the truth, because I feel like we're really, we have an uphill battle to go. I should really be creating content every single day and out there every single day. 
the fact is I can't because of, uh, you know, we don't have enough patrons. That's the, that's really the bottom line. So I have to hustle up, you know, working in this gig economy. I got to hustle up uh, other ways to keep this show going and, and, the ro- and the website going. So if you, if you are a patron of, of Tarabust, you're also a patron of RDT Daily, which is a independent liberal, uh, completely independent liberal website. And you could come and hang out with us on the Facebook page. Whoops, sorry, sorry. I hit something and Tara Jr. jumped. And, um, yeah, support. Just support us, goddammit. We also have merch, right? This is not, that's not the whole goal of this show. We have to do these plugs because otherwise, how do people know that they can support us? We don't have the Mercer family. We only have each other. So... I have to do these plugs. I know it sucks. It's annoying. It annoys me. I hate to have to do it. I don't want to do it. I wish my father was um, rich instead of a garbage man. And I wish my mother was rich instead of a nun. She was a nun before she was my mother. So there's not a lot of money in the in the nun. Well, well, I guess there's a lot of money in the God game, but not really in the Catholic nun game. So... As far as I know. Because, well, it's all about keeping women down, isn't it? Keeping them subservient. Any, that, that's what I'm, I can't stand these religions of the book, frankly. Because I, I was grown, I was uh, grown, I was raised Catholic. So I know all about it. I was forced to go to religious instruction. Um, I always remember going to, because I was in public school. So, but on Wednesdays, I had to go to CCD, you know, Catholic instruction, so I could get my, my really receive my communion and my confirmation. So every Wednesday, the school had a half day except for the Catholics that had to go. We had to march our asses over to the local Catholic school, which was really it was just up the block. Tara Jr., sit the hell down, damn it! And um, we had to study the Bible with, and prepare, prepare with the local uh, Catholics, right? So I do remember we studied the Bible. I remember we, we studied, what's his name? Noah and all the different stories in the Bible. And I remember the teacher saying that Noah lived to be 900 years old. And I said, I remember raising my my little hand saying, how is that possible? And I never forget it. The teacher said, it's in the Bible, so we don't question it. And I remember saying to myself, that's bullshit. And I was only a child. I was a kid at the time. So I already knew that stank of shit. So it's in the Bible, we, so you don't question it. But here we are, right? This is, that's part of the reason we're in the problems that we're in. If only, and I always say this too, if only they, these, these religious sons of bitches were really religious, that they were really following Jesus, right? If only. Yeah, CCD for me. E-L-E-S-214 on the chat. I went to CCD as well. But if only, 
we wouldn't have all these problems if re if they we they really were following the teachings of the socialist hippie who walked around with a bunch of guys giving out free health care instead of i don't know the only holy obligation these right-wing christians have is um gay bashing that's about it it's the only holy obligation and baby, I guess they like cells. They like fetuses for some reason. They don't like people too much. If once you're fully formed and on your, you're on your own. Once you come out and actually breathe the air, but it's all about subject subjugating women, as we the whole history of the of the church. They they never the the whole abortion bullshit debate. Well, it's not bullshit, but you know what I mean. Um, became fervent when women had more autonomy, but it also, but because back before this, all this, the debate, they, the church's official stance on when life begins was when you, a, a, a uh, fetus was viable outside the womb, meaning when you took your first breath in the, in the, in life. So they conveniently changed these things to fit their their agenda. And part of the problem is that we have this any any religion uh, that considers women second second class citizens, second and others, gays, women, whatever, any class of people to be less um accessing the divine that's a bullshit religion, in my opinion. So that's why I'm sick of uh, this Catholic shit, because I was raised Catholic. I go to Catholic mass with my aunt. I'll go with her now and then. She still believes. It's not that she even believes. That's the thing. She does not believe that in, uh, in it, really. She just likes the ritual of it and I do I believe that she's attracted to it or attached to Catholicism because of the cultural significance of it B uh, the whole Irish Catholic identity the so of uh you know the I against it's almost like you're if you're if you're not Catholic you're turning your back on your heritage as an Irish Catholic and all of the all the people who were uh, oppressed do you know what I mean? In Ireland. Anyway, let's see. How do I feel about... Here's a Stephen Lee. How do you feel about your real estate tax money or your personal property tax money? Instead of going to public schools, goes to secular and religious schools for scholarships, courses, Bibles, etc. Well, how do I feel about real estate tax money going to religious schools? I've... I haven't really thought about that real estate tax money going to I mean I I don't have any problem with money going to schools but of course going to religious schools that's another story because I don't really want to support that kind of shit I don't mind supporting public schools but the but the whole taxing your local uh, education being taxed uh, being funded through property taxes is bullshit and that has to stop it's part of the reason we're in this mess. We, the, the education should be funded through the general fund equally, 
And but the way that they set it up through property taxes, that was deliberately done that way. So people would. So it, what am I trying to say? Because of racism, basically, bottom line, that's another way of keeping black people in their place. Don't give them the access to functioning schools or the supplies to have a functioning school. And it's another way of, uh, uh, it's another throwback to our racist-ass history that has to be confronted if we really are going to have a functioning democracy. And when I was thinking about what to talk about today, the, uh, you know, I've been talking about the Democrats a lot recently, only because we're in a primary. And everybody knows I'm for Bernie, whatever. I got Bernie's ad behind us, right? And I talk about Bernie. I do believe that Bernie, it's not a cult, first of all. Oh, Bernie bros. We went over this. We, we will go over it again. That's just, it's just what it is. It, it comes up. That whole Bernie bro shit is bullshit. And, and of course, the knives are out for Bernie in the corporate media. But I was wondering, okay, what am I, the reason I want to talk about Democrats again tonight, and it's not about a circular firing squad. It is about, oh, look, I'm all blurry on the camera. Autofocus camera. God damn it. So it's about making a, re reforming the Democratic Party to, Become the party of FDR again. How do you do that? Unless you, and, and, unless you take an inventory. Unless you look at the party and push it in the direction it needs to go. Now, on my Twitter feed, I've been getting a lot of Democrats, quote-unquote, who are atta not attacking, whatever. They say, um, I've received a few tweets from people. One, one person said to me... Um, I believe that uh, the you know they're, they're buying the bullshit that Hillary Clinton is out there sowing, and and the Democratic establishment are out there sowing this 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 uh, myth that it was Bernie's fault that Hillary Clinton lost the election to the most disgusting human slug in American history. So, um, Hillary Clinton should have walked away with. The election, we know that. And the fact is, sadly, when I went and, and looked it up, I wanted to see what Hillary's been saying because she's, she, I don't know if she's, ev I haven't found her taking responsibility for her part and the DLC Democratic DNC establishment's part in giving us fascism, an outward explosion of fascism. We have a fascist autocrat who received fewer votes squatting in the White House, and the DLC Democratic Party, they, they're not looking at the part that they played in creating the, not just the circumstances around the election, but the, the environment in which... A Twitler rises to power, and that's a big mistake. If we don't look at ourselves, how do you get? How do you 
evolve as a human being. If you're, if for instance, I'll use again my my personal experience with being an addict. Now I'm an addict in recovery, right? But you had to, I had to, and and it's a daily thing. I had to look at myself, look at the part I played. It wasn't. It, it, I I ran. I had no more excuses. I couldn't blame my parents or my fucked up upbringing. I had to con- confront myself and take responsibility for for the life, for my the the mess that I had made. Other uh, unless um, I wanted to stay in pain because for years I blamed other people. I blamed my mother. I blamed my father. You know, if they were not fucked up, I wouldn't be fucked up. You know what I mean? Any excuse to continue being sick, to to stave off the inevitable, it was either gonna I was gonna die, or I was going to have to look at myself and and put all that shit aside. Stop the blame game and look at the part I played in everything. So. I feel that the Democratic Party, the establishment, is doing it to us again. They refuse to look at the part they played bringing us to the situation, the the fascist, the the United States, the kiss-up, kick-down government that acts as an appendage to the affairs of the transnational corporate elite. That is not an accident. They did that to us. It's not just Republicans. The Democratic Party, in the time of Clinton, turned their back on the New Deal and gave us the, uh, the, the circumstances we're in. We, uh, as you know, I don't know, not, not everybody's um, old enough to remember, but they, there is a long history in the Democratic, in the right-wing corporate wing of the Democratic Party, of them kicking down on the liberal policies that made the, uh, the, the middle class possible, that built the middle class. We had the FDR middle class. This is what we need to get back to. And the fact is, Joe Biden and all these neo, neoliberal Buttigieg and Klobuchar's of, of, uh, of America, they're not going to save us from uh, the uh, from the hard work we have to do first and it begins by looking at ourselves because somebody what was i talking about so somebody tweeted at me about bernie they said i'm trying to find it as i'm talking and i can't find it the one thing i hate about bernie or something i'm just what the fuck is it Let's see. Let me see. He's okay. A couple of things here. So this woman tweeted me. I don't know who she is. She's just an average human being. Nice person. Looks like a nice person. Bunny is her name. She tweeted that I have endless arguments for why Bernie Sanders should not be the Democratic nominee for president over anyone except. anyone except Trump. But my number one argument is this. Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat and does not want to be. Now, this 
argument. I'm so tired of this argument. What does that mean? Because it's like the same thing that we were talking about during the week. What the when they attack the Bernie Bros? What is what is a Bernie Bro? What are now? Okay, we know what the Bernie Bro is. It's a way of negating Bernie's diverse and primarily female young base, right? But um, it's also um, when they talk about Bernie Bros, they say, "Oh, it's what is what's a Bernie Bro? People who just behave badly on Twitter." They say mean things to people on Twitter. Meanwhile, we have, I, I, I don't know, have you seen any of these mean tweets? Can anybody show me? I'm sure this is, it happens. I got right-wingers calling me the C-word half the time when I, I receive emails and, and stuff like that through the RDT Daily site. So, yeah, I understand people, um... Uh, must they act they they behind the veil of anonymity they aren't always the most polite but i have yet to see any examples whenever they say bernie brother they they say all oh, the bad behavior of people on of bernie supporters on twitter show me show me and this is the other the other argument that is so tiresome to me Bernie is not a Democrat. What does that mean? Can somebody explain to me what a Democrat is then? If Bernie's not a Democrat, what is a Democrat? He runs as an independent. Now, we, we heard the other day uh, Wick, Whoopi effing Goldberg on The View saying, um, get out of the, t- telling Bernie to get out of the Democratic Party. He's not a Democrat. Don't come into my party and wreck my party. Wreck your party? How? What is? What are they advocating for? That's what I want to know. Maybe somebody can clue me in. What is a Democrat then? If not somebody who advocates to leave no one behind. We know what a Democrat is now. That's the sad part. Is, the, is a Democrat somebody who wears a pink scarf? that puts on the outward appearance of doing nothing, of advocating for change we can believe in, while making deals back with your, your pals on Wall Street? Is that what a Democrat is? Because if that's what they're advocating for, a kinder, gentler fascism, then we better buckle in, friends. They, they are giving us Twitler's second term. There is no doubt in my mind. Now, I'm sick of it. I don't know what do you got. What you guys think? Perhaps you're sick of listening to me talk about this shit. But it is a primary, and I know that I show. I'm sure people are some. Some of the listeners are like, it's a circular firing squad. No, it's not. This is a intervention. It is not a circular firing squad. This is our chance to fix this shit. If we don't fix it, we're doomed. Because not only, okay, we will all vote for whoever the effing Dem nominee is. Even if it's effing Amy Klobuchar. Which, I mean, I can't even imagine how that would happen. Why? Why? Does that, has anybody ever woke up in the in the middle of the night and said, "Get me President Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> please"? 
what you know what this country needs the where our income disparity is worse than ancient rome we need amy klobuchar we need somebody who makes deals with republicans who who is a republican why don't this is that's the other thing that makes me crazy why don't they just go be republicans they would be doing us a favor really go be republicans and we'll be democrats we'll be fdr democrats that's what the democratic party is why wouldn't we want to embrace the democratic party that won elections where we had four landslide elections not only that but we actually built a middle class that was the envy of the world that's why people wanted to come here not because everyone you too can be a billionaire that's a bullshit reinvention of the american dream but the american dream was you everyone from the lowest to the highest d deserves a decent life you work hard play by the rules i hate that saying work hard and play by the rules because we all know that who plays by the rules? Trump doesn't play by the rules. The, those who are in the elite, the 1%, they're not working hard or playing by the rules. They're not working hard at all. They don't, nobody works hard enough to, get a, to, to earn a billion effing dollars. How hard do you got to work? You're not working at that point. You are benefiting from a rigged system that that is designed to make the rich richer it's not designed to make a functioning planet earth much less a, a functioning community this is a disgrace it is a disgrace to live in a country when we think that's that is progress how many billionaires we got there were, we what was the number i think it was like one um what was it i can't remember 2156 billionaires on earth and how many of us, 28 people, have more wealth than the bottom half of the human beings on Earth? This is a, that's a sign of the broken system. Not that it's functioning. And wearing a pink scarf, throwing a subsidy at the inequality is not the answer. And it's, uh, we should be the party of the people. How do you become the party of the people? You act like it. It's uh, the way that the Democratic Party, the new, the DLC wing of the Democratic Party, what they have done to us is they, they have lost the working class for this country. The, there, are, there are entire swaths of Americans who think that the Democratic Party are people who want, um, you know, uh, they want uh, to what is it, uh, make sure trans people can go into the bathroom of their choice. Like, that's it. That's all great and important, but in the, that, that's not an, an excuse. That's not a substitute for the economic policies because that's where we're going to win or lose. So let's see. Here's something that annoyed me. So this couple of videos I, ca I captured. Because I, I mentioned this on the, sh on the last show. We were talking about 
how Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Hillary Clinton, how during the campaign they were asked, what's the difference between a socialist and a Democrat? Well, here's Debbie first. The difference between a Democrat and a socialist? <laughs> I, I used to think there was a big difference. What, but what do you think it is? The difference between a Democrat like Hillary Clinton the, the and a socialist like Bernie is Sanders. What's the difference between uh, being a Democrat and being a Republican? But what's the bigger difference? What's the big difference between a Democrat and a socialist? You're what chairman is, of the Democratic Party. Tell me the difference between you and a socialist. The, the relevant debate that we'll be having over the course of this, this campaign is what's the difference between a Democrat a and a Republican? I think there's a huge difference. The well, they don't say. You see what I'm saying? I think there's a big difference. I think there's a huge difference. What the fuck is it? Explain it to me. I'm sorry. I just scared Francis. Francis, I'm sorry. Come here. Come here, Bobo. Come here. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Francis. Here he is. This is himself. All right, go back. Oh my God! But what? Ask. I. I just want to know what. What is a Democrat? I think there's a big difference. Well, show me. Tell me. It's this. I'm so sick of this. What is the difference? Is a Democrat is somebody who who says who they're the party they that they're the party of the people while taking five hundred thousand dollar checks from Wall Street? We have a big problem in this country because we don't have a party that actually represents the majority of the people. There was no doubt at one time when I was young and my father when I first started to become politically aware. And I asked, what is a Democrat? What is a Republican? He said, the Democrat, even, even though he voted for effing Reagan, he said, the Democrats are the party of working people. And the Republicans are the party of the bosses. Everybody used to know that. That's common knowledge. How did we lose the American people? Let's look at this again. Democratic Party, tell me the difference between you and a socialist. The, the relevant debate that we'll be having over the course of this, this campaign is what's the difference between a Democrat a and a Republican? I think there's a huge difference. I think there's a big difference. I think there's a huge difference. This is your liberal media, ladies and gentlemen. I think there's a big difference. I think there's a huge difference. What is it then? There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I say please become a patron. Please support the liberal media, the actual liberal media. Because this is what we're up against. They don't explain anything. This is why this country is an oligarchy, effectively. I think there's a big difference. I think there's a huge difference. What is it then, Chris Matthews? This, aren't you in the goddamn media? You're a journalist. Explain. Tell everybody. Tell your viewers what a Democrat is. What's the difference? I think there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. Well, what is it? Am I the only one losing my mind over here about this? It's not just him, though. You see, this was a couple of years ago. This was after, this was during the 2016. But that, this is what they do. It's the same thing. It's the same tactic. They just spread it out there, but there's nothing to back it up. It's the, what we were talking about with uh, Megan McCain and the view bitches going on about Bernie bros. Oh, they're terrible. They cost Hillary the election. But they got no proof. They don't explain. Could you imagine? I mean, I went to fucking grad school. I went in there and wrote a paper, handed in a paper, and said, yeah, I think there's a big difference in the corporate media and independent media. Well, okay, wonderful. What is it? Show me. Prove it. 
I think there's a big difference. That's journalism, for Christ's sakes. But here we are. Here we are. This is why we're in the boat we're in. Why the United States income inequality is worse than it was in the Roman Empire. That's not just me talking. That's the stats. Because then there's a whole cottage industry around maintaining the status quo. It's not a cottage industry. It's the engine of the United States at this point. (sighs) How we lost the democratic base, for fuck's sake, is uh, ridiculous. That Democrats fight to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to succeed. And the Republicans are strangled by their right-wing extremists. Okay. Whatever that means. Here's, let's play the other video. Now, here's Chris Matthews asking the same question to Hillary Clinton. I want to try to help you uh, for this audience tonight, our audience, <laughs> locate yourself politically in this country. Now, we Audio. have Trump out there sorry, and we guys. have Bernie out here. I know the audio is a big problem on this show, which sucks because it is a podcast and a video cast, but there's only so many goddamn levels on on this goddamn machine. I don't know why I'm saying goddamn a lot. Anyway, let me begin again. Uh, for this audience tonight, our audience, <laughs> locate yourself politically in this country. Now, we have Trump out there and we have Bernie out here. Now, Bernie calls himself a socialist. Nobody uses a derogatory term anymore. It's his, he loves to have that label. He's never ran as a Democrat. He runs against Democrats up there in Vermont. You're a Democrat. I'd say you're a pretty typical Democrat uh, in the traditional Democratic Party. What does that mean? Am I, am I stupid or something? Don't, don't answer that. But please explain to me. Somebody, I'm asking everybody, anybody who's tweeted at me and said, Bernie's not a Democrat, explain to me what a Democrat is. Is it, is it just a goddamn D after your name? Because that's pretty weak and not very inspiring. Look at Hillary's face. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> And uh, Humphrey, the rest of them, Scoop, not even Scoop, I'd say Rondale, you're somewhere in there. Uh What the fuck is he saying? Mondale, Scoop, not even Scoop, Mondale, you're somewhere in there. Explain it, but there's, don't, don't bother. That's not what he's there for. There, the corporate media is there to sprinkle this country with bullshit so a revolution really does not, truly doesn't break out. They could talk about change. They'll talk about being fair and giving everyone a fair shake or whatever the fuck they'll say. But the system will remain the, the, uh, operating completely for the interests of the big moneyed interest. This government, as we know by the Princeton study, operates as an appendage to the affairs of billionaires and the transnational corporations. They are owned, they're bought and sold on both sides of the aisle. The only way we're going to get rid of them is if we get money out of politics. So that's why I want to know, what is a Democrat then? Is it somebody who's A-OK with the income disparity? You see, they want 
in my opinion, what I'm seeing from the outside is that the DLC Democratic Party, that's Democratic Leadership Council, that took over the Democratic Party that was a hippie punching down on the New Deal Democrats that built the middle class that, to begin with, beginning with, with Clinton, because they all wanted to, they were all running to the right, jettisoning their liberal values or whatever, or their supposed liberal values, because we know they all run as liberals. That's the other thing. That's why this shit, we're in this shit, because every time we have an election, it doesn't matter if they're on the left or the right, they run as working class heroes. Well, yeah, well, and then people, they'll, because they're, the standard of living gets, uh, is overwhelming, the, you know, I mean, in, a, in the sense that it's underwhelming, where we are making the rich richer and the working class, the working people haven't had a raise in a generation. There's a problem. Des- despite the fact that unemployment is low, it doesn't mean anything when you can't retire, when one third can't retire. Why isn't he talking about that? What is a Democrat? Is a Democrat somebody who is appalled by the fact that one third of the American people cannot retire? In, a 40, in 40 years, we went from the most to the least, upwardly mobile. Is a Democrat somebody who's appalled by that? Or is a Democrat somebody who's okay with that and pretends to care by slicing off a subsidy here and there, giving someone a subsidy? I'm so sick of these subsidies. And you know how I feel? I I mean, yes, of course, people who have subsidies, fine. Take your subsidy. Take Take the crumb while you can. But the subsidies are another, it's another way that they keep us divided. This is why, Bernie, the policies of leaving no one behind, that's the Democratic Party that we need to, we need to fight for. And oh, why doesn't Dem- – uh, the, the other thing I hear is uh, why isn't Bernie – he should just run um, – well, people say he can't really win, frankly. Because if, if Bernie ran as an independent, they'd be like, oh, he's ruining the Democratic Party. He, so he runs as a Democrat, to, so, as, so not to fuck up the nominating process because, or, or throw the election, not have a fighting chance, throw the election to the fascists, to the outward fascists, to the off-the-rails fascists. But so either way, he's not, oh, but he's not a Democrat. He's more Democratic than any of the, of the moderates Anyone who's advocating cutting Social Security for the past 40 years. The fact is we have a two-party system. That's the system we're in. And he's, he's running in a way that is uh, the most effective. It's not going to fuck up the election. I'm sorry, Hillary, that you weren't popular. You're the least popular candidate next to Donald effing Trump. That's unfair or not. And that must be very painful. But you're doing fine. That's the other thing. You're not suffering. She's not out there advocating for universal health care or higher education. She's out there complaining about Bernie, somebody who has been doing that. 
and going and having the mouthpieces on the view say, oh, well, she said that in her book that Bernie hurt her chances of winning because there's so many excuses. She said that in her book. Well, show us, show us the receipts, goddammit. Anyway, let's continue with this. What's the difference between a socialist and a Democrat? Well, Is that a question you want to answer, or would you rather not? Play, well, play. Uh, you know, I, you'd have to ask. Well, see, I'm you'd asking have, you. You're well, a Democrat. He's a socialist. Right. Do you, would you like somebody to call you a socialist? I wouldn't like somebody calling well, me but, a socialist. But Shut the fuck up, Chris Matthews. I wouldn't like somebody calling me a socialist. But better that they call you a greed-centered ghoul, ghost of the Gilded Age, right? You ivory tower mouthpiece. I hate these people. Oh, my God. You, uh, I, I don't want anybody to call me a socialist. Well, tell us what is so bad. These people, they're so sick. How sick do you have to be to have it all but not have enough while your fellow Americans are dying from cutting their goddamn diabetes medicine in half? I wouldn't want anybody to call me a socialist. Why not? What's your problem? You like Socialist Security, right? Oh, no. See, if this was at another time, thank God we had FDR. If we never had a president like FDR who understand, who understood that we were in this together, who was part of the money elite and didn't have a problem turning his back on them, he knew them, he knew the, who the hell they were, and he wasn't afraid to stand up to them. But if we didn't have Social Security... We, uh, his policies, FDR's policies are still saving millions of American people from poverty. But could you imagine how worse this country would be? And, and they have been going after Social Security since its inception because it's never enough. Enough for everyone's need, just not for everyone's greed. As Gandhi said. So why isn't he advocating, using his platform to promote that? To decry the fact that Americans have to go on GoFundMe for cancer goddamn treatment. I need help with my medical bills only in America. Sickening. These sickening, greedy ghouls. What's the difference? I wouldn't want anybody to call me a socialist. Well, well um, there's worse things to be called, like a greedy little grifter bitch, whiny little sociopath. Oh, my God. I'm not one. Okay, I well, mean, what's I'm, the difference? I'm not so one. So what's the difference? What's the difference? That's, I'm, I understand. I want to I know. What do they think the difference is between a Democrat and a socialist? If it's such a dirty word, what is socialist security? What is socialist Medicare? See, the way they want their cake and eat it, too. They want to suck up to Wall Street. They want to be able to kick down and have the uh, widest income gap of all uh, of all our Western partners with the they, they, they have no problem facilitating policies that that made America the least upwardly mobile. These are things that are appalling. But they want to stave off the, le the revolution a little longer by throwing a subsidy. As long as we see the subsidies that they, they throw at these policies, they serve two 
purposes. One purpose is to uh, stave off the revolution. The other purpose is to sow dissension between the bottom half of the income ladder, between the middle class and the poor. So you have people who are working class, a little higher on the ladder than than the really you know down on the balls of their ass poor but who are they resenting for uh, getting these subsidies they resent the poor because we're not in it together if you have policies if this country like social security no one is resentful because somebody gets social security so a poor person gets social security because it belongs to all of us but that's part of the problem. That's how they do it to us. They keep us divided. And it might seem kind. And I'm, okay, great. If you got a subsidy, go for it. But that's not the answer. The answer is everybody in, nobody out. That's the only democratic value. That's the only American way. It is a patriotic imperative, not just to help everyone, leaving no one behind, but to ensure that democracy is maintained and sustained for as far as we can, our, our, this country hopefully will last. <sighs> but no, no, we're not going to last at this rate. I'm telling you, we are effectively an oligarchy as it is. And to have two right-wing parties, we have one fascist off-the-rails party and, and another moderate Republican party. Democrat. Last well, question. I can tell you what I am. I am a progressive uh-huh. Democrat. I'm a progressive How's Democrat that than a socialist? who likes to get things done and get who believes done. that. We- like what? That's another thing I cannot stand. Getting things done. Like the Iraq war. Like income disparity. Upward immobility. I like getting things done. I like making deals with my Republican fascist friends who, who took an oath on the night of Barack Obama's inauguration to not do a goddamn thing for the American people, cause more pain to the American people in the worst economic crisis since the first Republican Great Depression. I want to get things done with them because they wanted to cause pain to the American people so that they could uh, win an election so it would be more politically advantageous for them. They don't, and they play right into it. That's the thing, because they don't give a shit. They're fine. Hillary Clinton is fine. She's got her speeches. She's okay. You know what I mean? She's got that big money. she got big paychecks coming. She's fine. Her daughter's fine. Her family's fine. She's not out there advocating for our family. I mean, really, she's too worried and upset and hurt about... Somebody else losing the election for her. I get it. It's got to be hard. I understand. It's hard looking at yourself. But enough is enough. She's a grown woman. Look at yourself. Look at the part you played. And, And it must be even harder, though, because there's a whole establishment swirling around her, making sure that she doesn't see what happened for real. They don't want to see it either. Of course, it's Bernie's fault. It's everybody else's fault but theirs. 
that they ran a candidate that nobody wanted to vote for. Not nobody. I mean, she received more votes. Yes, but not in the right places. But they all, you know, they couldn't see the forest through the trees. All the writing on the wall for whatever reason. And that was the thing that I was really, I felt like, uh, you know, Cassandra in certain circles saying, don't you understand? This is a change election. It's obviously, look at what happened with, with Twitler. This is when he was just the candidate. He rose up in that party because people are sick of the establishment. And that's why it's not about Bernie's ideology. Yes, it is, because that's what makes him popular. And also his not being bought by the establishment. That's why um, in 2016, Bernie was the, the candidate that was more electable, and he still is. Frankly, and I think every time they attack him, every time the establishment, the DNC, and the Hillary Clinton and her surrogates attack him, he, that's why he rises up in the polls even more. Because they, especially Hillary Clinton, I, hate, I mean, I hate to say it, more than the, than the bitches on The View. Because Hillary Clinton has that whole, she has the baggage of the uh, of the neoliberal corporate, you know, and the right wing attacks on her that I mean, fairly or unfairly, she has endured for for decades, and we have endured it. You know what I mean? It's not just her. We have been dragged through this mania because the rich wanted to get richer, and the working uh, class was getting too goddamn uppity for them. And they actively went to destroy the middle class. And I actually, you know, another video I took um, from um, Thomas Frank. He wrote the book, um, What's the Matter with Kansas? He also wrote a book a couple of years ago, I think that we need to revisit. It's called Listen, Liberal. And it's all about the uh, neoliberal corporate wing of the Democratic Party and how they lost the working class of this country. And here's, here's Thomas Frank in his own words. This is an interview from a couple of years ago. The Democratic Party decided um, decades ago that they did not want to be the party of the working class any longer. They wanted to be the party of a different class, uh, a group that they refer to as the creative class, uh, which is uh, winners in the new economy. Uh, that's who they are. That's how they see themselves. That's who they speak to. One of the reasons they did that is because they thought that the working class had nowhere else to go. This is an expression we use in American politics, oh, meaning they can't go over to the other side. Well, <laughs> guess what happened? While they were doing that, the Republican Party, which is the party of the right in America, decided to or tried to reach out to uh, disaffected, angry, working class people uh, using a bunch of different techniques, uh, using the culture wars, you know, talking about their values and stuff like that, using religion, uh, using uh, racial issues, and now with Trump uh, actually talking about economic issues. 
And uh, so over the years, this problem has just become worse and worse and worse. And what, of, of course, the Republican Party, which now wins the, you know, the majority of the votes of the white working class, never does anything to actually help them out. Uh, because they, what they really believe in is, of course, markets, uh, lower taxes, rolling back regulations, making the rich richer. And so it's a, um, it's a disastrous situation politically in America where no one really uh, does anything for working people anymore. Think about that. And that's why here we are. You're not hearing the um, Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar and, of course, not Meghan McCain, those bitches, decrying or whining or lamenting even about the, the kiss-up, kick-down oligarchy we're living in, how it happened, the, the circumstances that made Twitler possible. It's, it, he wouldn't have risen to become the president in a, in a functioning country, in a country that was working for the working people. It simply doesn't work for working people anymore. And instead we have, you know, these demagogues like Donald Trump, you know, who get their votes and then pass gigantic tax cuts. And then on the other hand, we have Democrats who uh, call them names like deplorables. And which is what Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters, and uh, and 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 does you know great favors for Wall Street. Professionals is the way of describing the the the, the people who are the most uh, uh, you know, the most democratic group in America. These are very affluent, rich people. Uh, they have advanced degrees. Um, they are white collar workers. I live in a neighborhood that's filled with these kind of people, and they are very. They can be very liberal on uh, social issues and mm -hmm. cultural issues. However, they are not liberal at all on issues having to do with work, uh, income, uh, pay, inequality, you know. What do you anything think? having to do with, I say... I mean, really? This still, these, these mother effers are, are whining about $15 minimum wages still as the $15 minimum wage passes. It's only passing because we're pushing the Democratic Party to do it. Like it passed here in New York with the help of Cuomo. He's not a he's not he's a he's a DLCer. He's not a liberal at all. He's socially liberal, of course, but that's not a substitute. That's not how you make a coalition in the country. That's not how you get these working class morons back. Not that they're morons. Not all of them, because uh, there there is a tension in this. Uh, because I understand that the right-wingers are, uh, it's not, okay, there's a lot of racists. We know that. The, Trump tickles the funny bones of the racists in this country. But he also, he ran on liberal policies, anti-NAFTA. Everyone's getting great health care. No, no one's going to be left out without health care. You're the forgotten people are forgotten no more. That's all liberal policies. Those are liberal talking points with the added racism on top of him blaming the other, blaming brown people, blaming, stirring up hatred against the minority groups du jour. Bernie talks about, and this is the other thing that drives me insane, 
the right wing, the DLC Democrats always say, oh, Bernie and Obama, I mean Obama, Bernie and Trump, they have similar, they, they have the same thing. They, they, they stand for the same thing, the corruption, how government is broken. Of course it's broken. As if to say, when they, because when they pose that argument, the, the corporate mouthpieces are saying, what they're saying is that government isn't broken. Well, how is it not broken if we have a Donald effing Trump as a standard bearer? That's, you might as well, I mean, that is the uh, major symptom. That's your tumor right there. But it didn't happen overnight. Let's listen to more of Thomas Frank. Labor union. Their number one value is meritocracy. Meritocracy, the idea that the people who are on top in society are up there because they deserve it. Mm -hmm. And the reason they deserve it is because they did so well in school. And this is the sort of, uh, this has become the dogma of the Democratic Party. Yes. For people who don't do well in school, the uh, uh, meritocracy has nothing but contempt, just utter contempt for the people at the bottom. I call them names. You know, there's a debate right now in the Democratic Party as to whether or not they should try to reach out to Trump voters, people who vote for Trump, which just seems insane to me. It's like, of course you want to win the votes of people. You know, you want a majority, right? That's what you want to do. But uh, it's like those people are tainted. Those people are damaged goods because they're not uh, winners. Now, another consequence of being a party of uh, the professional class is that you fill, you know, you fill the, you look at the administration of Barack Obama, or you look at the administration mm -hmm. of Bill Clinton, or you look at the people that advised Hillary Clinton. Um, and it's always people from, you know, with a, a very impressive academic pedigrees. Do you know what I mean by that? With fancy degrees from fancy uh, institutions, uh, you know, a lot of Rhodes Scholars, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people who went to Harvard. This is sort of like the Pete Buttigieg effect. Oh, he speaks so well. He sounds really smart. He speaks five languages, I hear. And he's also, he's so well-spoken. But what is he pushing? That, as if that's a substitute for fixing the broken system that made Trump possible. For fixing the system where one-third of the American people can't retire. I, and I say these stats. I'm sure people say, it's sort of like Bernie. Oh, Bernie, he has the same, he says the same thing all the time. But that's... Because the truth is the truth is the truth. We should all be equally appalled that one-third of the American people cannot retire. Think about that. You have one life to live, and you work your life, and you contribute to this society, and what does the society say? You're not worthy. You're not worth it. You cannot relax. you got to keep working your finger to the bone until you drop. That's the kind of system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. This was supposed to promote the general welfare over the welfare of the intergenerational aristocracy. But we have re we're rebuilding an intergenerational aristocracy in this country, like with the estate tax, with the Republicans' tax plan, their tax scam, 
undid the estate tax, which was a which is a patriotic tax. That is why. Um, that's what that's that's how not why that is how the Democrats should frame it. It is it saves the American experiment from uh, from an aristocracy building up that can take over government. They're not talking about this. There are, but there are other candidates. The only two candidates I see talking about the broken system in the Democratic Party are Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, of course. Unfortunately, Elizabeth Warren uh, disappointed me. How sad. She disappointed me. I'm sure she's disappointed you. I don't know. Anyway, but I do believe that Bernie is more electable, right or wrong. In fact, um, unfortunately, Elizabeth Warren doesn't really poll well favorably among um, the American voters. She's, She's consistently on the list of the top of the least, of the 10 least most, um, I think it's most liked, I don't know, liked, uh, is it, is that what it is? Let me see, hold on. Most and least liked politicians. Of course, Bernie isn't always in the top 10, and uh, unfortunately, Elizabeth Warren is in the bottom. But I, I think it has to do with it does have to do with uh, Twitler's whole Pocahontas, his racist attacks on her. But she's, um, you know, kind of helped a little bit with that stupid DNA test and other things coming back and biting her, especially now pissing off the progressive base with this whole attack on Bernie, which I think every time they attack him, he it's, it shows those who don't like government, who are distrusting, who understand that uh, the government is bought and paid for by the highest bidder, that, of course, you dance with the ones who brought you to the dance. Of course. That is human nature. We're not stupid. Oh, I'm not influenced. Who the hell was saying this recently? Oh, because oh, it was uh, during one of the Democratic debates. They were talking about, oh, um... Barack Obama took more money from Wall Street than any other candidate last in uh, his election. And Joe Biden was throwing that out there as an excuse, saying like, oh, well, he wasn't bored. Oh, maybe it was Pete Buttigieg. I'm sorry. I'm getting it confused. But but they were bringing up Barack Obama because Barack Obama did create a coalition of, of individual supporters. But he also went to Wall Street and he got a lot of money from Wall Street. And who, who did he serve in his administration, ultimately? They passed health care, yes, but it was the Republican health care plan. They bailed out banks rather than the homeowners. That was Obama. He had the choice to uh, either bail out homeowners who were underwater in their mortgage. That was another way they could have bailed out the uh, American people in the in the second uh, Republican Great Depression on the precipice, they could have bailed out the American people, the, the individual homeowners who were underwater in their mortgages because of these fraudulent bankster policies and scams that reeled in the vulnerable um, 
more any because they were giving anybody with a pulse more mortgages. That was a policy of the banks, and so but he could have bailed them out. But he he chose to bail out the banks. That was Obama. Obama did that. See, that's I was so disappointed in Obama. Let me see. Oh, this I'm looking at the 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 ten least most favorable. This must be an old list because Claire McCaskill's on the list. Yeah, that's what you do because MSNBC, she's got, they got Claire McCaskill on there all the time. Does anybody really care, Claire McCaskill? The least, she's on the top 10, she's number two most uh, disliked senators. And um, she's, yeah, get us Claire McCaskill. It's the same thing all the time. All these people, how are they on? Get they have these are the ones that have all these the giant platform, and I'm here on goddamn YouTube begging for patrons and super chats, and so far, Jim is the only super chatter, but that's okay. A lot of you guys are also patrons. Let me get this off here for a second. We will finish this video in a minute. It's about an eleven minute video, but. I wanted to play it because at the end he talks about Thomas Frank talks about the um, the Democratic Party and NAFTA, and that was one of the reasons that Twitter won. He, you know, despite receiving fewer votes, you got to always remember that. But he ran as an against NAFTA, against free trade. So, okay, I'm looking. Let me see here. Oh, my God. I'm just looking at the patron list. I lost a couple of patrons. I wonder. What are you going to do? Sometimes I wonder. It's, it is. the. It's like every time there's a primary, <laughs> there's a problem. Because uh, people don't like that. You know, they just want you to um, not talk about the problems with the Democratic Party. It's, but we're not, it's not the, it's not, um, it's not productive. You have to push these mother efforts. How did, how did we get all of the Democratic Party candidates, even the right-wingers, talking about universal health care in some form? How did that happen? Did it come because we were like, oh, thank you, my lord, Thank you for trickling on us your uh, subsidy, your ACA. No, right? It became, we, it, we're, we got it. It's now part of the Democratic Party platform to make sure everybody has health care. Of course, they all have their different ways of getting there, supposedly. Some of them are fine with that 10 million Americans will still have nothing will be left behind. But others are, you know, it's, uh, they tell us, oh, don't go too far. You don't want to overpromise. No, motherfucker. You want to fight. Overpromise? What do you think you're doing? We're, we're talking about fixing this democracy. This is no, uh, and like the founders, it's just the same. It's the same as the founders pre pledging their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. What is that? Oh, don't go too far. That's a little too pie in the sky. 
You can't have a government that works for the general welfare. No, no. We have done it the same way for thousands of years. You have to have an intergenerational aristocracy. Don't go to uh, overpromise that people can have a government of by and for the people. That's just too uh, pie in the sky. That's how it works, though. You have to start. You got to over, not just overpromise. You shoot high, aim high, goddammit, unless you really hate yourself. Because I wonder sometimes, how much do you got to hate yourself to beg for a trickle and just be like, oh, thank you. Thank you for my trickle. Mm, yay. Now, um, don't, uh, I hope you're okay. I hope everybody else is okay. Well, not even. I got mine, so I guess I don't, I don't worry about anybody else. Some people don't like that. But that's just not American. We are in this together, and we have to push this country to actualize the promises in the founding documents and sh not just that, but shore up the, the fissures of disunity so a Twitler will never rise again. That's the goal, ultimately. And that's why we have to talk about it. We have to get the right candidate. Who's going to beat Twitler? Oh, they all want to beat Twitler, right? That's the number one criteria of all the Democrats say they over and above this is what we keep hearing on the corporate media over and above the the desire to have their their free stuff we all want free stuff because nobody you know how it is you know us we all like just lounging around in the social safety net hammock we all want free no, nobody wants more free stuff than the elite. They get all the free stuff. Jamie Dimon, all of the the Democratic elite. Well, he's a Democrat. You know that, Jamie? That's why I keep bringing him up. He's a Democrat. But he's a... He thinks he's a, a good person, I'm sure. He's got no problem. He likes his tax cuts. He thinks that gay people should get married, I'm sure. He doesn't want to get interfere with anyone forming a legal marriage contract. That's your kinder, gentler fascism. That's what the DLC Democrats offer. Don't go too fast. Don't go too far. We don't want to go too far to the right. I mean, to the left. It's too far. What's too far? When you're, you're swimming in the, in the sewer of fascism. But when you have... Um, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is sort of like... You have to what, look at the results... What are you trying to achieve? It's not rocket science. You know what I mean? Are you trying to make the rich richer? Or, or are you trying to have it both ways? You're trying to not offend your benefactors while you know, throwing a bone to, the, uh, to your so-called constituents. But the fact is, we have a government as the Princeton study revealed, and uh, you know, tell us something we don't know, that the wants and needs of working people have a statistically insignificant effect on government policy. Oh my God, I'm looking at the time. It's it's already. I'm, I probably won't do a break at this point. What's the point, right? 
we have two hours, and uh, it's almost over. So if I take an eight-minute break, then it's going to be like, boom. Do What do you think? Should I stick around? And, or should we take a break? No, let's not take a break. Not that anybody really... Oh, good. Thank you, Mark, for your super chat. So I'm feeling a little uh, bad. I lost a patron. And sometimes I got a lot of super chats, and I was like, oh, wow, we're getting very popular. This is great. But then you, when you get only this, your same super chats, thank you, Jim and Mark, I start thinking, oh, boy. You know what I mean? We're in, it's an uphill battle, mentally, emotionally. I have to keep saying to myself, don't give up. Keep going. It matters. People care. Otherwise, I'm like, maybe I should get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Guys, let me, bef while I'm on the subject of patrons and whatnot and your generous donations, I, oh, God, I almost forgot. But I, I kept this right here because I wanted to thank Todd sent me a really nice letter. And picture of little Boom Boom. Beautiful, beautiful little kitty. I like that everyone sends me pictures of their kitties. And I'm not saying that. That's not even a sexual comment. This is Boom Boom, but we had to change his name because the vet told us he was a boy. <laughs> that happened to us, too, when I was a kid. We had a, we had a dog, Tippy, but... We had originally called her Buster. I don't know. You would think we would know. It's easier to tell with dogs. But I guess my mother and father didn't really want it. It was a very furry dog. You, it's easier to tell on a boy dog and a boy do or a girl dog. Not a cat. Cats are harder to tell. Because, well, if you have a cat, you know what I'm talking about. My mom says she and her still. Anyway, hang in there. I love the way that Tara Jr. Jr. takes over. Yes, me too. So thank you for your donation and your pictures of Boom Boom. And your really nice note. See? Cute. Very nice. That means a lot. Because it, it's the community that we're building. And I, I really enjoy hearing from you. Uh, so let me just thank Michael and Lisa and Joey and Michael D. And Daniel. Michael LD and Gal and Jim, of course. He's on the Patreon and the Super Chats. Thank you. Sam, David, Gary, James, Martin, Cynthia, Dwayne. Peter, Jane, John, a.k.a. Itchy Palm, <laughs> Susan, Katie, Deborah, Paul, Randall, Kay, Haiku, Mark, Martin, Joan, George, Stephen, Hi-Fi Guy, Lord, Waffle Cot, oh, sorry, Waffle Cat, what am I talking about, Cot, Mary, because I was saying, there's a name in here with a C-O, Oh, okay. Tony, Elaine, Max, Michael, Kathleen, and Colin. Thank you guys. 
you are keeping the show going. That's the bottom line. I appreciate it. And uh, let's, uh, we just, let me just say, I need about a thousand more of you. And maybe we'll, we'll really be making a difference. That's the bottom line. What else is the meaning of life? Right? We have to make a difference. That's, I mean, we have no other choice. I often get down and despondent about the, uh, about everything. And I, it feels overwhelming. I understand how people want to tune out, not just to this show. <laughs> Don't tune out to this show. But, I mean, tune out in general. Because I get sick to my stomach watching Chris Matthews, listening to the shit, listening to Democrats attack somebody who is trying to make the world a better place. What is Bernie doing that is so offensive? That's what I don't understand. What is it about a government that works for more than just the transnational corporate elite that offends them? Is it because they really can't face it? That's I really believe maybe that's what it is. They they ultimately it's so difficult to look at the part you play in negative things that go on it's always it's just the way it is with the with the human beings something bad happens and it's somebody else's fault but there's there's three sides to every story there's uh there's your side their side and the truth right but for hillary clinton to continuously attack bernie and the supporters and not just Hillary, all of the corporate mouthpieces. Th- think about that. This is, it almost, um, it's almost, it reminds me in somewhat, in a way, about uh, how Twitler took over the Republican Party. But for some reason, well, first they, uh, they all, of course, were against Twitler. And now they're all the Twitler supplicants. It's not quite the same, but it feels similar in that sense that the establishment is all the knives are out for um, for the candidate who is is exposing this the game. What 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 are they going to do when the, the if if government doesn't run as an appendage to the affairs of billionaires? What will they do? You think that they would enjoy? just working for the people for once. You know what I mean? Instead of having to get on the phone trying to hustle up money from their rich donors. That's got to be exhausting. But I think that a lot of them enjoy it because they like their people. You know what I mean? They like the access. They like the power. What do you think Chris Matthews does? He hangs out with these people. He's one of them. He's not reporting on them. His job isn't to keep them honest, quote-unquote. His job is to keep us down, to keep us stupid, to keep us voting against our better interests, to keep us saying, like, yeah, let's wear a pink scarf, but do not upset the apple cart. Don't be a socialist. Be a Democrat. What's the difference? They will never say. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. That's why I'm bringing it to you. What do you guys think? Is there a difference? What's the difference? What's the difference between the Democratic Party and what what Bernie Sanders is trying to do? What is he doing that's so far left? 
is can anybody please explain to me? Because I'm I'm not sure what is so offensive about what he's trying to do. Medicare for all. Why are they so afraid of of having a country where everybody can get health care? I don't I understand why the the health establishment wants to keep it the way that they, they have. I mean they, they get rich sucking profit from our miseries. That's a, uh, that's how they do it. So they don't want to they don't want that gravy train to stop. But what's in it for Chris Matthews? He will still have great health care. He'll still have everything he wants. And in fact, the rich will still get their private health insurance. You could get whatever the hell you want. They'll have, except we'll all be able to go to a goddamn doctor. I don't know. Where's that other? Here, where is that video? Here we go. Here's. Let's keep going with Thomas Ring. Uh, that sort of thing. That's always who they surround themselves with. And in one sense, this is this is a good thing, right? You want smart people in government. But on the other hand, there's this incredible um, danger to it. And the danger is just this: that the people at the top in government will look look at the people at the top on Wall Street and the people at the top in Big Pharma or the people at the top in Silicon Valley, and they identify with them. They see them as peers, and they do incredible favors for them. Uh, they, you know, they, they, uh, the guys at the Treasury Department look at the guys on Wall Street and say, well, you know, they're just like, I went to school with those guys. They're just like, they're just like me. They didn't mean to do it. You know, this, I'm talking about the financial crisis, this sort of economic catastrophe that we inflicted on you. And the rest of the world, and uh, and you're welcome for that, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but it, but the, the Treasury Department looks at these guys and they say, you know, they're good guys. They meant well. They didn't mean to cause a global <laughs> economic catastrophe. They just made one little mistake. So let's let's let them off the hook. But when they look at people at the bottom, who did some small crime uh, in the housing in the housing bubble, like uh, lied on a mortgage application, which is very common in America. In fact, was encouraged mm -hmm. 10 years ago in America. Yep. They, uh, they put those people in jail, you know, for the smallest little crime. But the Wall Street guys, you know, who lied to the entire world and sold the entire world, you know, fraudulent financial instruments that were designed to ex blow up in your face, um, those people are, uh, you know, hey, those, those are your friends from... MIT. Let me just forward this. Where he starts talking about NAFTA. About it. Uh, it you know, it, they can't stand the idea. I wrote a book uh, 15 years ago called What's the Matter with Kansas? And it's about how uh, uh, it's about blue collar conservatism. It's about working class people uh, voting for right wing politicians, which was not exactly a new phenomenon at the time. But anyhow, so I wrote this book. And um, the reaction from Democrats was to say, that's not happening. That is simply not, not happening. Now, after Donald Trump, they can't say that anymore. I mean, obviously, it, it's happening. It's, it's gone very far. So they come up with other ways of denying it. They say, well, they'll say, Bernie, Bernie bros. It was the Bernie Sanders campaign that interfered. You know, Trump didn't really win rightfully. He cheated. Uh, the Russians helped him out. You know, this, that, and the other. They, they cannot acknowledge 
what is incredibly obvious to anyone that looks at an electoral map in America, which is that Dem Democrats are now the party of uh, prosperous people, and that Republicans, uh, a party that I disagree with and in fact can't stand, um, that is filled with uh, demagogues and charlatans and liars like Donald Trump, that the Republicans have managed to capture the votes of the, of the Democratic Party's old constituents. This is incredibly painful for them, and they can't look it in the face. For them to, to, uh, to admit that this is happening would mean for them to go back to their own triumph, Hil the, the triumph of Hillary's generation, the triumph of Hillary's social class, and to say, that was all a mistake. Trump did a number of things that were new for a Republican, and that was the most important one. Uh, NAFTA was the first of the big uh, trade agreements in America. And I don't know if you know the history. It was um, written by Republicans, by Reagan and Bush Sr., by their administrations. But This is going to make you sick, and, well, and it should. This is why Twitler won those states that the Democratic Party thought had they had on lock that Hillary Clinton didn't even bother campaigning in. She had that in the bag. They were counting that without even questioning. But NAFTA, these free trade agreements that shipped American jobs overseas, that dismantled the, the middle class, that helped dismantle unions that built the middle class, for, that built a standard of living for all of us, that raised up the entire working class. They, this is why. And we can't have, this is why we cannot have a so-called centrist with uh, a documented history of voting for policies that sent our jobs overseas. They couldn't get it passed through Congress. So Think about this. Thomas Frank is explaining what we are, what we all know, that the Republicans wrote NAFTA. They could not get it passed until Clinton. Traditionally, believe in these agreements. By the way, a NAFTA is not a free trade agreement. It's an agreement that protects American investment in Mexico, and uh, it was written deliberately as a way to uh, break the power of organized labor. Okay, it was written with that purpose. And uh, so organized labor was against it. The Democratic Party was against it. But Bill Clinton, who became president in 1993, he got it done. It was the, one of the first things he did as president. He got it done. He got a Republican trade agreement passed. And sure enough, it had the effect of destroying organized labor in America. And then he passed a whole bunch of other trade agreements that did the same thing. And so NAFTA has been, for um, workers in America, has been the moment of betrayal. So they look back, they re everybody remembers that. And one of the reasons they remember it is because uh, bosses in America bring it up at every negotiation. Every time they negotiate a contract with the union or with their workers, they're like, well, you know, if you don't agree to this, we're going to close the, the factory and move it to Mexico. They do this. This is, we know the numbers on this. It's like 90% of the time. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it happens always. And every uh, you know, industrial worker in America knows this. And they still hate Bill Clinton because of it. OK, so here comes Donald Trump. And he starts attacking NAFTA and attacking uh, uh, these trade agreements. Again, Republicans never do this. So this was, uh, first of all, he was able to beat all these other Republicans, 17 
Republicans who had much more political experience, you know, much more money, like you're talking about the, the Bush family here. He beat them using this issue and a couple of others, where, uh, and then he beat Hillary Clinton with it. And uh, I think it was the perfect issue for beating Hillary Clinton because uh, she couldn't get out of it because her name is right. Clinton. She, she tried to get out of it. She'd say, oh, you know, I, I agree with some of that. And, you know, <laughs> you know, she'd be all mealy mouthed about it. But she could yep. not she could not escape this issue. I'm a socialist. I'm a Democrat, not a socialist. And had it been any other Whatever Democrat, it probably wouldn't have been as um, as devastating. So that is part of the reason we're suffering in fascism now, because the Democratic DLC Democrats, whoever the fuck they are, these corporate-run, corporate-owned Democrats who, I don't know, they, say, they can't seem to explain what, what they stand for. What do they stand for? A fair shake. Okay, what's a fair shake? When, you're, when you deliberately hollowed out your union base, you... Talk, you dismantled unions in this country. You, you, you disarmed them. You took, them uh, uh, you took away their bargaining power. This is why we went from 35% unionization in this country now down to 7 something like that. And that affects us all. It's why we have this gig economy. It's why one-third of the American people can't retire. It's why we went from guaranteed pensions to this stupid 401k bullshit that runs out and uh, if you're lucky you die before it runs out that's about it so we need to get back the democratic party we need the democratic wing of the democratic party what is what what good are right wing corporate republicans and i tell you guys one day if we survive if this country survives and the Democratic Party, and it, let's say Bernie does, transform the Democratic Party back into the party of FDR, and we look back at this time, they will be just as critical of the DLC Democrats as they are as, uh, uh, of Republicans. Because you can't do it alone. We had no chance against the fascists and also... <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, other corporate-run, kinder, gentler fascists. And what is fascism? Fascism is corporatism. When you have a government that is running as the appendage of the affairs of the transnational corporate elite over the interests of working people, the, those you pretend to represent, we're in big goddamn trouble. We're done. So... Now, one of the things that's been going on this week, past couple of weeks, Joe Biden is talking about Bernie doctored a video. This is not true. Bernie did not have to doctor a video about how Joe Biden wants to privatize Social Security. And the entire corporate media mouthpieces are out there whitewashing Joe Biden's record on Social Security. This, this isn't um, one video. It's not just one video. One time he got on the floor advocating cutting Social Security. One time he went on Meet the Press. It's an ongoing campaign 
I, w- I just want to play one video that goes, it's from the 90s of Joe Biden on Meet the Press. And it's, it made me sick, so I wanted to share the, the wealth here, or share the love. Senator, we have a deficit. We have Social Security and Medicare looming. The number of people on Social Security and Medicare is now 40 million people. It's going to be 80 million in 15 years. Would you consider... Oh, the humanity. It's so... Uh, you notice how they... all the, the answer to everything, any time it's the people that benefit from something, the answer is always, will you cut it? Will you end it? They won't end the endless wars. They won't end the, the spigot that stays on from the Treasury to the Pentagon. But you got to end the, any of the policies that make the working class the life of, uh, of our fellow Americans, the majority of Americans, a little less brutal and short. Looking at those programs... Age of eligibility, Absolutely. cost of living, Look put at, it all oh, in. They, that's how they're going to f- not, not raise the cap, not raise uh, taxes on the corporations that get away with murder, literally and figuratively. You, you see Tim Russert, well, you're going to look at Social Security, raise the cap, age of eligibility. Yeah, because you want to be out there digging ditches when you're 70 years old. Not like Joe Biden. He wants to be... President. He'll let him be president. Ability, cost of living, put it all on the table. The answer is absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Joe Biden, he is, he, what a strong stance. Here's another, did, is this doctored? Did I doctor this video? No, I grabbed it from YouTube. It's out there. I mean, you know, it's one of the things that my, you know, the, the political advisors say to me is, whoa, don't touch that third. Look. American you hear this shit? This is what pisses me off. That's the courage. Look at how courageous he is. Don't touch that third rail. Whoa. Get things done. Making some deals. You got to make deals. This is how you get things done. Cutting Social Security. They say, don't touch that third rail. Hey, look at me. But I will touch that third rail because I'm, I'm courageous. I don't have the courage to stand up for the people who aren't politically connected that don't have a voice, that are hanging by a thread. I don't have that kind of courage. I got the courage to stick it to the politically disconnected, the weak, the, those who, you know, they're not in the Senate spa. Aren't stupid. It's real simple proposition. No, we're stupid. No, no, I disagree with you there, Biden. We're, we're fucking stupid. People aren't stupid. <laughs> No, it's real we're simple stupid. Pro- Stop saying it. We're goddamn stupid. Look, the American people aren't stupid. It's real simple proposition. We have to do... You and I were talking about Bob Dole earlier. I was one of the junior guy. In- this is going to make you sick. I was one of the junior guys. Well, he's been basically trying to privatize Social Security his entire career to show how courageous he is. Thank you, my lord. Thank you for slitting my throat because now I've really just, I had to get out there and learn the dignity of work. I was too busy lounging around in the social safety net hammock that you so generously cut a hole in. Thank you, my lord.
meeting with Bob Dole, George Mitchell, when we put Social Security in the right path for 60 years. I'll never forget what Bob Dole said. After we reached an agreement about gradually raising the retirement age, et cetera, he said, look, here's the deal. We all put our foot in the boat one at a time. And he kidded me. He stepped like he was stepping into a boat. And we all make the you put Social shit? Security in the right path for Wait, 60 years. I'll never forget what Bob Dole said. I didn't mean to do that, but I should just roll it back again. Hold on. Why not? Let's let it sink in. When we put Social Security in the right path for 60 years, I'll never forget what Bob Dole said. After we reached an agreement about gradually raising the retirement age, et cetera, he said, look, here's the deal. We shit? all put our foot in the boat one at a time. And he kidded me. He stepped like he was stepping into a boat. Yeah, because he, you know, we're a bunch of men. We're a bunch of white men making deals. We're getting things done. I'm getting things done with Bob Dole. You see? With my Republican pal, we're like, hey, um, he mimics getting into a boat. We all, we're all putting ourselves in this boat, the boat of the powerful white men elite privatizing Social Security, cutting the throat of the vulnerable, the disconnected, those who aren't at the cocktail parties in the ivory tower. We're, gonna, we're putting ourselves in this boat together, you see cutting these people's throats gotta stick together gotta get things done democrats and republican bipartisan look at me i could get things done all make the following deal if any one of the challengers Sickening. running against incumbent democrat or republicans attacks us on this point we'll all stay together do you hear this shit he's saying we all that we had a uh, a, consp a conspiracy. We're all together. We're in this boat together. Forget, you know, the founders pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. They pledged their lives, fortunes, and cushy Senate seats um, that they would stick together if they had any blowback from attacking the uh, old ladies and disabled. These, these rich white men, oh, how brave. How do they do it? Where do they find the courage, the muster, the courage to kick down on the vulnerable and politically disconnected? I'm so inspired. Now, you got to vote for Joe Biden because he's the only one that can make a coalition between kicking down on... Uh, on, on old ladies. You got to get things done. American people, they don't want to go too far left. They want to get things done, like slitting their own throats. That's the kind of leadership that is needed. Social Security is not the hard one to solve. Medicare. Yeah, because Medicare, all of those old people needing health care, shit, they don't die. These fuckers hang on now that there is Medicare. You get to go to a doctor, we should just cut it, and there solves your Social Security problem, too. Because not only are you cutting people off of Social Security, you're not paying out. If you're dead, you don't pay out to a corpse. So these fuckers, they, they hang on. Every time we, they get to go to a doctor, there's, they add to our bottom line. Poor us. There's never enough for us. They're not cutting their own health care. Or they're not, don't worry about it. They, it's, uh, they got theirs. 
They're not in the cloakroom putting their feet in the boat, mimicking going into a boat together. We're in this together, fucking over the, the old and the infirm. It's sickening. This is why, you understand? This is why we have a Twitler. It's right here. How many decades have we been suffering under the corporate takeover of this country? Thanks to somebody like Joe Biden. I'm sorry. Yes, I will fucking vote for him. I guess because when you're in a hole, you got to stop digging. But you know what? The fact is, just like Thomas Frank said, they... Um, the Republicans couldn't get NAFTA done. They needed a Democrat to do that. So we better be prepared. All right, Junior, move over. If Biden is the nominee, first of all, hopefully he won't guarantee the next Twitler. But we know how I feel about this. I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million and one. The fact is, if Joe Biden is the nominee, there is... um, probably a less chance that we will win the election because nobody gives a shit. No one's got, there's not going to be enough people motivated. It's going to be another repeat just out of hatred for Twitler. That's not enough, but his Twitler's base is motivated to protect his ass. Regardless, he's a criminal. They don't give a shit. They like him. They think he's sticking it to us. He's drinking liberal tears. He's sticking it to the blacks and the and the uh, caravans and all that. He's they got his back, as we know. That's why all the Republicans are they they made a suicide pact with him, and they can't go the way of the Whigs quick enough, frankly. And they will, they will. But the problem is that the the Democratic um, the DLC Democrats. If we get a, a, let's say, Joe Biden wins and does nothing, but what, what's he going to do? Throw a subsidy at something. That we're still going to be the least upwardly mobile. He won't go after gay marriage. He won't, whatever. They'll, it won't be as bad, but it will still be a corporate-friendly, you know, kind of gentler, kind of oligarchy it's not gonna nothing will be fixed and the next time somebody gets in there the next republican that gets in there because people are gonna they're pissed they're still least upwardly long well they're still unable to retire they're still not having the they're not seeing the gains of their productivity all of the the gains are going to the top still it's still a shit show uh, so what? Still, 10 million people are still without health care. That's Joe Biden's plan. He's fine leaving millions behind. That's progress. But when the next fascist who gets in there, it will not be a Twitler. It will be somebody who's capable of controlling himself. And it might even be a woman. Who knows? And then this country is done. So that's my prediction. If we do not have a, a candidate that not only inspires the people, but is, is willing and able and understands that just what happened, the conditions that made Twitler possible, we're done. 
this country's done. That's why I do this show. Let me play another video. Look, look at his fucking face. It pisses me off. We're in this together. We made a, we made a pact. We all get into this boat. The boat of, think about that, the boat of fucking over everyone. Ma- raising the retirement age. Not once did, did, he, did he say, I, uh, how you fix this shit? Raise the cap. Done. Progressive taxation. Done. They're fine. It makes me sick. But so in 2016, the I think this was two days after Twitter ascended to the White House, despite receiving fewer votes, Bernie was on CBS this morning. Obama has a conference call with Democratic leaders tonight. He told them in an email, it is time to get ready to fight. Senator Bernie Sanders is laying out his agenda for the next four years. His presidential campaign won 22 states before losing the nomination to Hillary Clinton. More than 13 million people voted for him. He writes about the campaign and what comes next in his new book. It's called Our Revolution, A Future to Believe In. Senator Sanders is back at the table. We're glad to have you here, Senator. Good to be with you. We were just talking to your lovely wife, Jane, in the green room. She says you too stayed up like a lot of people, very late to watch the returns. And it started out as, you know, Senator, a coronation for her. We heard words, it's a lock, it's a route, it's going to be her night. By the end of the night, we all know it went, it turned south very, very uh, quickly, we could say, by the end of the day. But let's not forget, in the midst of that dismal night, she did end up winning more votes than Mr. Trump. Yeah, she, ha- she did win the popular vote. But ultimately, what do you think went wrong? Today, she's blaming James Comey in the, the letters. This is this what is made me... what I think went wrong. Uh, it started immediately. The uh, excuses. Today, she's blaming James Comey. Let's see. Well, there's many excuses. Oh, God, I have to move that. Sorry. There's a picture of Twitter. Ugh, I gotta move that over there. Nobody wants to look at that fucking orange baboon's face. How many excuses for Hillary's loss? She blamed Russia, the DNC. She said, I'm now the nominee of the Democratic Party. I inherit nothing from the Democratic Party. I was bankrupt. I had to inject my money into it, into the DNC to keep it going. She blamed sexism. Sexism and misogyny played a role in the 2016 presidential election. Exhibit A is that the flagrant sexist the flagrantly sexist candidate won yes the democratic predecessor it is really difficult to succeed a president of your own party who has served two terms that's a historical fact bernie sanders his attacks caused lasting damage making it harder to unify progressives in the general election and paving the way for trump's crooked hillary campaign yeah that's what did it it was bernie WikiLeaks, the Comey letter, aided to a great measure by Russian WikiLeaks, raised doubts again. Her traditional campaign, quote-unquote, I was running a traditional presidential campaign while Trump was running a reality TV show that expertly and relentlessly stroked Americans, stoked Americans' anger and resentment. The debate questions, not being able not being asked how the candidates plan to create jobs. I was waiting for the moment when one of the people asking the questions would say, well, so exactly how are you going to create more jobs? She blamed journalists. Journalists can't bear to face their own role in helping elect Trump. 
from providing him free airtime to giving my emails three times more coverage than all the issues affecting people's lives combined. Campaign finance. You had Citizens United come to full fruition. So unaccountable money flowing against me, against other Democrats, in the way we hadn't seen, and then attached to this weaponized information war. President Obama. I do wonder sometimes about what would have happened if President Obama had made a televised address to the nation, warning that our democracy was under attack. Maybe more Americans could have woken up to the threat in time. TV coverage. When you have a presidential campaign and the total number of minutes on TV news was 32 minutes, I don't blame voters. Voters are going to hear what they're going to hear. If It's just, I mean, this is all, it must be every day. Could you imagine living with her? Low-information voters, you put yourself in the position of a low-information voter, and all of a sudden, your Facebook feed, your Twitter account is saying, oh my gosh, Hillary Clinton is running a child trafficking operation in Washington with John Podesta. Women under pressure from men, they will, they will be under tremendous pressure from fathers and husbands and boyfriends and male employers not to vote for the girl. Get the fuck out of here with that. James Comey, the determining factor was the intervention by Comey on October 28th. But for that intervention, but for that intervention, I would have won. Come on, man. Really? Let's go back to this video. Oopsie. Wait, wait, wait. Right here. Where did I go? Here we go. Quickly, we could say by the end of the day. But let's not forget, in the midst of that dismal night, she did end up winning more votes than Mr. Yeah, she, ha she did win the popular vote. But ultimately, what do you think went wrong? Today she's blaming James Comey in the, the letters. This is what I think went wrong, is what Trump did uh, very effectively is tap the angst and the anger and the hurt and the pain yes. that millions of working class people are feeling. And what he said is, I, Donald Trump, I'm going to be a champion of the working class. That's the word he used. I know you're working longer hours for low wages. You're seeing your jobs go to China. You can't afford childcare. can't afford to send your kids to college. I, Donald Trump, alone, I can solve these problems. Well, what we are going to do, Gail, we're going to hold Mr. Trump accountable. We have all the things that he said. And we are going to say to Mr. Trump, if you have the courage to actually stand up to the big money interest of the billionaire class, if you have the courage to, in fact, develop policies that will improve lives for working people, count us in. I'm going to work with you. You want to rebuild the infrastructure? You want to raise wages? You want to end the disastrous trade policies we send our jobs to China? You want pay equity for women? We're on your side. But are you surprised that a billionaire could connect so well? When um, he's not a billionaire, but there you go. There's your corporate media for you putting out, just shoveling the bullshit. They do all the work for these fascists. Democrats could not. To the it's a fair class. question. On the other hand, what you're looking at is a guy who utilized the media, manipulated the media very well. He is an entertainer. He is a professional at that. Uh, but I will tell you that I think there needs to be a for profound change in the way the Democratic Party does business. It is not good enough to have a liberal elite. Yep. I come from the white working class, and I am deeply humiliated that the Democratic Party cannot talk to the people from where I came from. Therefore, do you believe that if you've been the candidate, you would have won? Hindsight is, is great, Charlie. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe, maybe not. But this is what I do know. I know that there are, that the Democratic Party has got to stand with the working people of this country, feel their pain, and take on the billionaire class, take on Wall Street, 
take on the drug companies. You know, it is very easy, and this is what I feel, very easy for a president to take on little girls who wear uh, headscarves who are Muslim, take on uh, Latinos and, 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 and minorities. A little bit harder to take on Wall Street and the drug companies and the insurance companies. And I challenge Mr. But Trump. Secretary Clinton doesn't say that. She says they had momentum going into the last week, uh, and it was, in fact, what happened with James Comey is the reason that's they a, lost. That's a minor look at right. why should you have that's, to worry you about it. That's their that. analysis. It's not a question of what happens in the last week. The really? question is that she should have won this election by 10 percentage points. Absolutely. The question is why it is that millions of white working-class people who voted for Obama turned their backs on the Democratic Party. And I think a lot of people do not think the Democratic Party is standing with them. That has got to change. That is among other reasons why I'm supporting Keith Ellison, who will shake up the Democratic Party. I mean, this is the memo from Hillary Clinton's team, which they do blame James Comey, because we saw that voters in the last week uh, broke for Donald Trump. Again, back to this original question of trust, whether they trust Hillary Clinton, whether they trust her as a change agent. How long was the primary between the two of you? Did it last? A long time. A long time. Do you bear some responsibility in raising some of those concerns? Do you feel any guilt about her loss? <laughs> Well, I guess if we believe that somebody who the establishment brings forward has a right to be anointed and nobody should run against that, right. I oh. guess, yes. If we believe in democracy, we have a vigorous debate on, on the ideas. In fact, I think at the end of the day, by talking about income and wealth inequality, by talking about the need to make public colleges and universities tuition-free, by talking about the fact that we are the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people is right, we ended up making her a stronger candidate. And she adopted yes. your proposal. That's right. She uh, adopted your proposal yeah. on, on, on colleges. Millennials. Uh, and Bernie campaigned more. He, he's the, uh, what's the, what am I trying to say? He uh, was the senator who campaigned, besides Tim Kaine, who was the VP nominee, like, like, that's another choice. You understand what I'm saying? That's another choice. You can say, why v Why Tim Kaine? Blame Tim Kaine. Who the fuck is Tim Kaine? Was anybody inspired by Tim Kaine? But besides Tim Kaine, no other s politician campaigned more for Hillary Clinton than Bernie Sanders. And he made her a stronger candidate. There is no doubt. She would have been like, wait, what's, what's the difference? $12 dollars an hour? 15 an hour, whatever. What's that matter? That's a, that's a bus fare. That's lunch. That means that's a difference. That's something. But you know, what do I know? What does she know in the ivory tower? They don't have to worry about that shit on Wall Street. No, she's getting her $500,000 checks for a speech. I'm up here begging for super chats and patrons. This is why we're fucked up. This country is fucked. But I, I'm, all of a sudden I got depressed. I'll get back to normal. Supported in you in droves in your campaign. They were part of the Obama coalition. They didn't turn out for Hillary Clinton. Why is that? Well, I think, first of all, I have to say it. In my book, um, Our Revolution, I, I make this point. I ended the campaign more optimistic than I began. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many beautiful young people who are the least prejudiced generation in the history of this country who want us to deal. Let me tell you something else. When we talk about Mr. Trump, media doesn't talk about this much. What this guy is talking about in terms of climate change should frighten not only. All right. He goes on about climate change, but I'm looking at the time. I only have a minute. 
Guys, I want to thank you for hanging out and letting me go off again on all of the issues facing us. And, and you know, you, you, do, you give me hope because I do know we are in this together. The thing that gets me a little depressed is that we are, we're, we, we need uh, more support. So the liberal media needs your support. That's the bottom line. If you can do anything for this show, other shows, uh, Mike Malloy, Bob Kincaid, please, that's how we do it. This is how we're going to do it. I'll show up and do my part. I need you guys to show up and, you, and do your part. Honestly, that's how we win. We have to get the word out there. We don't have big... Uh, billionaires or even the help of the giant corporate liberal media. As you see, if you're a right-winger, they get on... You can get on Fox News instantaneously. They will put... If you're a right-winger on a, with a little YouTube channel like this, they will put you on Fox News. You know that. To spew your shit. Because they understand that it's about changing the message. We need to change the framing of uh, the, the conversation in this country. We need to change the Democratic Party. We to we, not even change it. We need just to reframe it as the party of FDR and promote the general welfare over the welfare of the transnational corporate elite. We don't leave anybody behind. That's what it means to be a Democrat, a real Democrat, in my opinion. And I believe you believe that, too. So those who tell me, oh, Bernie's not a Democrat. Well, what is a Democrat then? Because I don't think you're a Democrat, quite frankly. If you think that we're going to fix this country by begging for a trickle, whether it be from somebody with a D after their name or an R, then we have a lot of work to do. We got a lot more work than I thought we did, and we certainly have it cut out for us. So I want to thank you all for everything that you do. You do keep the show going, and uh, we just need um, to keep growing and showing up, and uh, we will win. As I always say, we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for your patronage. Um, if you can, give the show a good review. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Call into other liberal talk show hosts. Spread the word about Tara Buster. Hopefully I'll get the phones fixed soon. And we maybe get some guests on here. We'll start getting some, uh, you know, some buzz, some more buzz. And we'll uh, keep on just doing it anyway, you know what I mean? We That's how you win. You keep showing up anyway. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for all you do. And uh, you make me want to want to want to keep going, honestly. Otherwise, what's the point? I will try to do a show during the week, hopefully. We'll we'll meet again. I'm not sure what day, so thank you. If you become a patron, one day we'll have more shows, and we, we I won't have to keep begging you for uh, money. I shouldn't say beg. Somebody said to me, "Don't say begging." It's true. It's not begging. We're we're in this together. We're supporting each other. This stuff it does cost money. That's the, the way it goes. So it's not begging. We're 
supporting and uh just like the right wingers they support each other we support each other we right so because we're on the right side of history and we don't leave anyone behind that's the message we're getting out um my name is tara devil and thank you all for hanging out every saturday evening from six to eight i will hope to hopefully see you during the week and uh, until then uh just keep don't give up <laughs> we stick together we we win that is another way of saying e pluribus unum i will see you very soon